This is Amy Alexander, and I'm your communications guru. He is our ever-present um, CEO, Bill Sproul. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Amy? Um, doing fine. And, but Bill is our expert in all things Texas legislature. Um, you're pretty much the armchair kind of watcher and pronosticator of what all they're doing and so we'd like to get just an update you know you could read these updates but you know sometimes you want um your guy and maybe you're the guy the football guy up in the booth telling us what's really no going. i think I, amy i'm down on the field uh, just you know watching uh, everything it's been a uh, as most legislative sessions uh, you have to be highly engaged in order to make a difference and it seems like daily i'm sending a letter i'm communicating i'm talking texting with legislators because we're we're near the end and uh, the end is getting very interesting oh so why is the why is the end getting interesting from your point of view well this week um a uh, proposed uh, sales tax increase to swap out for a reduction of property taxes which is hailed by the governor lieutenant governor and speaker uh which you think if those three are behind something would pass it died and uh, it has had all sorts of repercussions um both you know personal and budget wise uh, the good news is that uh, you didn't need this kind of tax swap in order to get property tax relief but the leadership was looking for additional property tax relief but from the get-go when particularly Republicans proposed an increase in a tax the sales tax even though they called it a swap you had people on the far right and the far left that immediately came out against it and because Part of the strategy to enact that was a constitutional amendment, which would have allowed the voters to approve the sales tax increase in November. That requires two-thirds of both the House and the Senate to approve that constitutional amendment going to the voters. They couldn't get the votes, particularly after the Senate earlier in the week passed their version of school finance reform and brought in three additional revenue sources to lower property taxes. None of those were a property tax increase or a sales tax increase, they were just a diversion of existing revenue. So the big swap died this week. So what does that mean for property taxes going forward? Well, the good news is uh, both on property tax and school finance reform, which are the two big priorities of the leadership of uh, this session, in addition, in addition to the budget items, they've all their respective versions have been approved by the House and Senate, and they're all in conference committees. So. We've got less than three weeks left in the session. It, it, it ends on Memorial Day, and those conference committees can come out with their agreed-upon versions, get the House and Senate to approve them, and everybody can go home without a special session. So you mean by committees, is that a, com a com combination of both the House and Senate working together, or is it the House committee and the Senate committee? No, it's a combination. So um, they appoint five members uh, from each body to a conference committee, and so there are four conference committees working now, uh, one on uh, property tax reform, which is Senate Bill 2, one on school finance, which is House Bill 3. That just refers to where the legislation originated. Sure. And then the budget, which is the most important thing that they have to pass, which is House Bill 1. And then the supplemental uh, budget bill for the current fiscal period called Senate Bill 500. And those are the four pieces of legislation they've got to get done. And the good news is uh, they're in the home stretch. So just as a process kind of thing, so after it comes out of committee, is that pretty much the way it is? Or does it go back and they get voted on? Or? Yes. Yeah. So um, the conference committee has to agree upon, 
you know, the same uh, uh, bill reformat, so to speak, and then it goes back to the House or the Senate and the Senate for an up and down vote. Okay. Where do you think those are going to come out? I mean, I know that you, you know, it may... Everybody wants uh, to go home. Nobody wants to stick around Austin for a special session. They're deadly. They're they're painful. Um, and there's no reason, given how... I realize there, there are some big differences, particularly in school finance reform, because the Senate's got this $5,000 across-the-board pay raise for teachers and librarians, whereas the House has a lower increase for all school personnel. Uh, but... In my experience, those differences are resolvable. Um, you know, so I think that they'll end up coming out with uh, an agreement and everybody will go home uh, after Memorial Day. But do you know, what, do you think you know which way? I guess it's just, that's not the school finance. It's kind of one option or the other. It's just they'll just work it out. Well, but. I mean, the good news on school finance is that both the House and the Senate versions of the bill um, raise the uh, what's called the basic allotment, which is the amount of money school districts get for every student who's enrolled in the tens. Uh, they also include a full day pre-K uh, for students, which has been shown if you can get students uh, at a very young age into pre-K, they're ready to go to school. Sure. And uh, that's really good. Uh, the big differences, as I said, are in uh, uh, teacher pay raises and also the amount of property tax relief to provide Again, I think those differences are resolvable, mainly because you've only got so much extra money this session because the Texas economy is so strong, they will resolve itself to that number and come up with some modified agreement. So it is being paid for. I know that was the concern, was like, how are we going to pay for it, and are they going to go to the rainy day fund for that? Well, um, the House version does, the Senate version doesn't, um, and that needs to be resolved. Uh, and you raise a really good point. I think there's still a lot of people out there that are concerned about the sustainability of these reforms. And if you have a good Texas economy now and something dips down, then um, how do you pay for it? Uh, the way to do that is to put the reforms into what are called the formulas, which are the formulas that the state uses to fund, again, not only that basic allotment, but additional allotments like for um, English language learners, uh, disadvantaged students, dyslexia students, etc. And uh, so you, you build that into your base budget. Um, the sales tax swap was criticized because sales taxes are notoriously volatile. And so if you went forward with a sales tax increase and you say, all right, property taxpayers, you're all going to get this kind of a break. Oh, but the sales tax comes up short, then how's the legislature going to maintain that level of property tax reduction? Um, so, so do we think that the property tax reduction is actually going to happen, or do we think it will? I think it will. Uh, well, let, let's be clear. Um, you're not going to see a reduction in your property tax bill because of rising appraisals. And that's the one thing that the legislature has not dealt with this session is appraisal surge. Uh, they dealt with appraisal transparency in Senate Bill 2 so that you as a property taxpayer get more information. Perhaps that helps you protest your property taxes better. But uh, as the House author of Senate Bill 2 said, Representative Burroughs, this is not property tax relief. And he repeated that constantly when it was debated on the floor of the House. It is just a way to mitigate the increase in the property taxes you pay year over year. So we won't see less. It just won't increase as much. I'm just trying Correct. To, okay. Correct. 
Anything else that might be surprising in the budget that you might think? Well, it's the supplemental budget's got some interesting uh, features to it. Uh, the legislature is just a matter of uh, the way that they uh, do accounting and funding um, typically uh, will underfund what will be eventually their full required Medicaid match to federal dollars. And so they'll catch up in a supplemental bill. Uh, and fortunately, they've got excess funds in this current fiscal period. And so they're catching up on that. Uh, the one that's particularly uh, close to us here in Richardson is that uh, the Texas Research Incentive Program, which is a program that was designed in 2009 to help um, emerging research universities like UT Dallas quickly accelerate to tier one status, um, had this concept that if a uh, philanthropist or a corporation donated money to a university uh, for research specifically, that the state would match that. And so... Um, the problem has been is that the legislature has failed to appropriate enough money to match the contributions. And right now, uh, there's well over a $180 million backlog of TRIP, Texas Research Incentive Program, TRIP, uh, contributions in at the state. And there's over $40 million of that that belongs to UT Dallas. In the supplemental bill, the House has put in money to catch up on that backlog. The Senate has not. So we'll, we're, we're actively engaged in discussions to try to persuade the Senate conferees to agree to the House version of the supplemental bill. Who is we? Me. <laughs> Me and others. Many Me and others. recognizing. Yes. Well, I, I think that UT Dallas is probably appreciating a little bit of your input or help. And that's well, they deserve it. And, you know, it helps our tech community. It helps the, the university. Um, so it's a good thing to do. Anything else to note that we think our members should know? The um, economic development tools uh, are really important uh, for our competitiveness. And uh, you just think about the recent announcement by Texas Instruments to uh, invest over $3 billion in expanding our semiconductor fab uh, here in Richardson. Um, we had to go resort to using tools like property tax abatement, and there's a, a school district version of it called uh, value limitation. And, and both of them are tried and tested uh, tools, and they're up for reauthorization. They sunset if they're not reauthorized by the legislature. So uh, House Bill 3143, uh, by uh, actually co-authored uh, by Representative Angie Chen Button, mm -hmm. um, has made it all the way through the House. It's over in the Senate. They got heard in the Senate committee uh, yesterday, and it's been left pending. And so we're really hoping that that gets pushed out of there. Uh, that it goes to the floor of the Senate, gets voted on, and then if there are any differences between the House and Senate version, they get reconciled in the conference committee. But it's really important that we continue to have that tool because without it, I mean, if we unilaterally disarm, believe me, our competitors uh, in other states and in other countries are not going to do that. No, and Texas is doing great right now. All right. Anything else? Otherwise, I just really appreciate you giving us an update. No, I mean, I'm actually uh, more confident uh, that I have been in a long time that we're actually going to get the kind of meaningful legislation that we want out of this session. Uh, early on, I had predicted that uh, there was a high likelihood we would go into a special session. But now that these four bills on uh, school finance, property tax reform, the budget bill and the supplemental budget bill are all in conference committees getting ironed out, I feel a lot better. So I think we can all um, have a wonderful Memorial Day. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Bill. You bet.